Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Everyday Nation Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Let's, uh, we're going to continue with uh, Eternity Matters this morning. Um, nudge somebody next to you and say, are you ready for eternity? Just check. Just check, you know. I was, <laughs> I met a friend of mine in, in Joburg this week. And uh, he was telling me about a, a hiking trip. Well, this family, these friends of these, they went on a hiking trip and they were camping. And uh, they found this lovely campsite and they, they pitched their tent and they were camping. And, uh, and, and during the night, a storm came through the, the campsite and the wind was so strong and knocked a tree over. Like a big, I don't know, whatever type of tree, a big, big tree. It fell right on the tent. And he was lying like this, all right, like on his like pillow or I don't know, camping, you don't really have a pillow, maybe something else, your bag, you know, that's why camping is just torture sometimes. Anyway, this tree fell through the tent, it scraped his nose, it chipped his tooth and landed right here like this. He, when he breathed in, he could smell the, the bark on the tree like that. If he was just a couple centimeters this way, that would have been his head squashed like a pancake. And, uh, and he, my friend was just saying that how that experience has absolutely changed his life. He's come back a renewed man. He understands that eternity really is a breath away. It really is. Just, it's a moment away. And so, you know, what we're doing in this series is we're getting ready for eternity. Amen. We're making sure that we're all ready, that we know what's coming, that we know what's there. Um, I want to remind you of the quote we, t- we spoke about with C.S. Lewis, where he said, um, those, if you, if you look at history, you find that those Christians who thought more of the afterlife did the most for this life. And he said that it's since Christians have stopped thinking about the afterlife that we've become so ineffective in this life. And it's totally true. You know, when, when we get a grasp of heaven and the rewards and hell and the fact that it's forever and it's a moment away, it causes us to live lives of purpose now. It causes us to live with meaningful, purposeful lives where we're generous sowing, where we're living full out for Christ because we know what's to come. You know, when we're living just for today, we, we just kind of live casually, you know. Um, the Apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, it's eternity eternity, always eternity that undergirds what I do say and the way that I live. And that's really what we're going for in this series. You know, that's, that's what we're, that's what we're chasing after. We're chasing after this revelation of, of, of living for eternity. And so we've, we've spoken about heaven. We've spoken about hell. We've spoken about justice, mercy, the, the new earth that's coming. How many of you are looking forward to the new earth? The new bodies that are coming, praise God for those new bodies. Um, you know, there, there's so much to look forward to that Scripture promises us. Um, and then we shifted gear a couple of weeks ago, and we started talking about how we will be judged as Christians. Um, why don't you look at somebody this morning and say, we, we, we will be judged. We will be judged. You know, many, many Christians kind of, they kind of, many Christians think that, you know, that we believe in Jesus, so we've got this ticket to heaven, we've escaped this place called hell, and, and, and there's nothing more that's really required of us. That that's it, you know, just escape that place and get into that place, job done. I've ticked that box. But, you know, um, 
but what we read in the Bible is, is that there's so much more to, to heaven than just getting in, than just escaping hell. And what we see in the Bible is that there are two judgments. There is this thing called the great white throne judgment, which just sounds hectic, right? The great white throne judgment. Um, and that's really the place where sinners will be judged according to their deeds. But then it talks about another judgment, a judgment for Christians, a place called the judgment seat of Christ. It's in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 9 to 10. It says the following. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be what? Well-pleasing to who? Well-pleasing to Jesus. We make it our aim. All right? Whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Jesus. Why? Because we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And so there's this thing called the, the judgment seat of Christ. The Greek word that, that Paul uses there is the word bima. And what he was trying to do was he was trying to draw an analogy for that judgment to what a lot of Greek people would know in those days, what, what the bima was in those days. The bima was a place where they would reward uh, athletes for, for their accomplishments in like kind of like Olympic Games. You know where we get the Olympics from? Like that, that whole thing came from there. So th- there was this place called the Bema or this judgment seat. And, and what would happen is all these athletes would compete in these races. And I don't know what they had to do. Hurdles, high jumps, whatever, shot puts, uh, all that. So discus, discus was there, you know, all that crazy stuff, okay? So they had to do all these. And they, in everything, there were, was a discipline. They had to compete by the rules, and they would have this judging panel that would look and watch and see that everyone competed according to the rules. And then they would have this, this, like, this raised platform, which they called the beamer. And everyone who had won or achieved greatness in the athletic games would then the judges would bring them up. Let me, who's free here? Come, Fanele. All right. They would take them up out of the crowd. They would put them on the beamer. Okay. The raised platform. Over here. And they would go, the victor, you know? And they would put a crown. You see the crown's already there. <laughs> and she knew she was coming up this morning. They'd put a crown or a wreath, okay, on their head. And everyone would cheer and go wild. And that was, that was like the ultimate. That was like, you know, the, the, the Oscars. It was like the, the moment that the, that world at that time looked forward to. Thank you. Give her a hand. She was, she is victorious. But they called that the Bema, okay? It's like the Oscars. It was like, you know, all everyone came out for that event. And it was that, that, that wreath that they had put on your head was like, man, that was like the ultimate, okay? Like how some people think about the, the you know, the Oscars holding that thing or, or the World Cup trophy or something like that, okay? That was what they had in those days. And Paul's trying to say that the Christian's life is, is kind of like that. It's kind of like a, like a race, and we're all you competing, and we have to compete according to the rules. And there's going to be this day when all our energy and all our effort and all our training and all our sacrifice and all our discipline and everything that we've sown and everything that we've done, there will be a moment where it will be reckoned to you, where you will individually come to this place called the Bema, 
And, and the person who will reward you at that day will be Jesus Christ himself. And, um, and, and it will be done individually. And, and then you will be rewarded. You'll be, Jesus will take you up to this place called the Bema. All right. And then he will reward you for everything that you have done. And it will be an amazing, awesome ceremony. In Revelation 22, it says this, Behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward, can you say reward? My reward is with me. Can somebody say praise God? Yeah, I don't know about you, but we, we sometimes browse over scriptures like that. I was looking at that with new eyes this week. Our God's a rewarder. Isn't that awesome? I'm coming, but my reward is with me, and I'll render to every man according to what he's done. That's good news this morning, people. That means like if you've been sacrificing or sowing, or if you've been running this race or something, this is what you need to look forward to. This is what this is the moment Jesus is coming and saying, I'm coming back, and it's gonna be quick, and my reward is with me. I will repay you for everything that you've done for me. Um and so so it must be clarified. Let me just clarify. So there's this great white throne judgment, which we as Christians don't go to. All right? We have passed through that judgment when we have given our lives to Jesus. When you repent of your sin now on earth, you give your life to Jesus. The Bible says that you cleanse, you're forgiven, and you escape that judgment. And the only thing now that you go towards is towards the beamer. All right? The place where you get rewarded for what you've done or maybe not get rewarded for what you haven't done. How many of you have been to school prize givings before? Come on, raise your hand. School prize givings. Now, how many of you enjoyed the school prize givings? My hand's not up. Okay, all you buffs and, and athletes and head girls and boys, you know, you know, we, well done. Come on. But I said to you, I don't know how many prize givings and all I got was like red hands from clapping for others, you know. I was just like, you know, I, I want no trophies, no certificate, nothing my whole life, you know. Um, <laughs> don't laugh at me. <laughs> I'm, I'm aiming for eternal ones, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so there's hope for all of us who were just non-achievers at school, all right? There, there is another day coming, all right? Hallelujah. And we're going to get stuff that doesn't fade or fade away or, you know, even those trophies, you have to give them back, you know, so that the next person can get them. So it's like you get it, but you don't get it. I don't even get that. I'm not working for that. You know what I mean? I want something that I keep for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true underachiever. <laughs> so, where am I? Okay, so it's kind of like that, okay? That's what this beamer is. It's a place of rewards. Now, 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 I don't know. I've experienced what it's like to go through prize giving and get nothing, all right? Some of you know what I'm talking about. This, the Bible says, is a prize giving you don't want to get nothing at. This is the one. 
This is the one that you really, I mean, if you like it were at school and you saw like that trophy, I'm going for that thing, whatever it was, class captain or something. Listen, Jesus is saying there, there are, there are things here, there are awards here that you, you really do want to set your aim on, that you really want to aim for, that you really want to say, that's what I'm going after because it's a reward that won't fade away. So this is what will happen at the judgment seat. There's a couple things that will happen. So it's not just like a celebration there. It says that in 1 Corinthians 3 that some will suffer loss at that judgment seat. In other words, that you will get there and you'll have that feeling of loss, like I didn't get everything that I could have got. Some might even be ashamed at that moment. Morning, Rob. How's your coffee this morning? Some, it says in 1 John 2, will even be ashamed at that moment. There, there, there will be this, this like, um, there's an, even an exhortation in Timothy to teachers that says, teach the word so that you do, so that you will not be ashamed. Like there will be a moment where your, your, the way you serve Christ, how you serve the scriptures, how you, um, served even in church will, will be brought and, and there will be this moment of like, well, this wasn't right, and this was right, and this is what's getting rewarded. So sometimes we, we look at the church world. How many of you look at the church world and it's a little bit like kooky? And you, and you sit out there and go, sometimes, is that right? Is that wrong? There will be a day where all Christians will come and Jesus will be like, that was wrong. And this is right. And, and, and so we must make sure that we know our doctrine that we know the scriptures, that we know what is truth, because we don't want to be ashamed on that day where we just, we believed like what somebody preached and we never checked it out for ourselves. All right. Um, and it says in Matthew 19 that there will be many who are now first who will then be last and many who are now last who will then be first. You know, we always joke about this as Christians. When you're at the back of the line, ah, it's okay. The last will be first. I'll have my day. You know, we always, we kind of joke, but it's really true. What Jesus was saying was that in this world, this world rewards people and, and gives attention to certain people who actually Jesus gives no attention to. And there'll be a, a real reckoning at the Bema where those who Jesus admires and admonishes and, and, look and, and rewards will be rewarded. And, and in this life, you'll be like, wow, who was that guy? We didn't even hear it. They didn't write a book. They didn't, they weren't on stage. They weren't, da, 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 but but they will be first. And, and, and so there's this, this, there's this stuff here. And then it says some will be called the greatest and some will be called the least as well. So, so I don't know how this all works out, but I look at scriptures like this and I go, I do not want to be the least in eternity. <laughs> Amen. Anybody want to join me on this one? And I don't want to be like first here and last there. And I don't want to be ashamed on that day. And I don't want to suffer loss on that day. I want to actually go through that moment and, and enjoy it and be like, that's the prize giving that I'm really aiming for. So it's important to note that Chris, the Bible does not teach that heaven is like this like hippie sort of communist community where everybody gets a prize. Everyone gets a certificate, you know, everyone certificate of completion. <laughs> Really? <laughs> well, you'll have eternal life, okay? But, it, but it's not going to be like everybody gets the same portion. Like we're all going to get to this new earth and everyone has the same amount of land and everyone has the same 
house and everyone has the same this and the same that and the same. No, the Bible's clear that there are levels. Can you say levels? Levels, all right. There are levels there. Now, it doesn't, now these are not there to scare us. They're not there to make us terrified and afraid and, oh, what if I go without or whatever. They're, 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 the Bible's telling us this to motivate us. It's to motivate us to live the best life that we can live here and now. Amen. What kind of rewards will we get when we get there? Like what will actually happen at the Beamer? Like, um, I don't know. Okay, these are some of the words the New Te- that Jesus and the New Testament use. They, Jesus calls rewards. Okay, he says there'll be rewards there. He said there'll be treasures there. Mm-hmm. There will be riches in heaven. It, it even talks about crowns in heaven. In fact, it talks about five specific crowns. And I don't have time to teach about the crowns this morning. I was thinking of maybe blogging it this week for you guys. So maybe watch out for that, okay? Um, but there, there, are, there are five specific crowns that you get. And, and there, so we know what crowns of gold are, but what is the victor's crown? Or the crown of rejoicing, the Bible talks about. Like, I don't know what that is, but it sounds great, okay? And then there's also positions of rulership. There's, there's, there's even thrones that, that it talks about there. And it's hard to kind of get our minds around this because I, I don't know about you, but this, these words send my imagination going wild. I'm like treasures. I'm picturing treasure kists of overflowing with diamonds. You know, those pirate chests, you know, just... You know, just like treasure, you know. Uh, I, I don't know what they are, but, 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 but they're not going to be like here because, because when we, we get to heaven, what we see about heaven is that the streets are made of gold. So it's not like we're going to get to heaven and like, here's your gold. And like all the streets are like paved with gold, but you know, it's common here, Lord, <laughs> you know, it's. And like the walls are actually made with diamonds and pearls and stuff. So, so it's not treasures like that. Um, and some people try and make these, these like ethereal. They try and say, well, it's, it's probably just closeness to God or like extra joy or I don't know. And maybe there will be extra joy and maybe there will be closeness to God. But, but I don't think that's the right way to think about these treasures. Because what it does is it makes it so ethereal that we don't really want them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like who wants that, that extra whatever, you know, just that front seats in church, in, in, in heaven. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I'm happy, you know. I'll stay here, you know, second row, you know. And all the second rows said. <laughs> the first row is just it's a hot place, you know. <laughs> Um, so I, I don't know, I don't think making them ethereal and just like wishy-washy is, is right. Because Jesus clearly said, don't lay up treasures here. And he was talking about material things. He was talking about worldly wealth. And he said, don't lay it up here, rather lay up treasures in heaven. So he was kind of linking the two. So whatever we we get out of having wealth this side or treasure this side or position this side, I'd, it will it'll be different on that side, but it will, it'll be better. So whatever enjoyment you get, might get from getting that thing here 
when you get that thing, whatever that thing is there, it's going to be a whole lot better. Okay? So that's what, so, and scripture continually reminds us, whatever they are, they're more desirable than what you could possibly imagine here. So, you know, if you could just imagine the, whatever your fa- your car that you dream about. What's the car you dream about? Dream about it for a moment. The house, this, this, this maybe the place you want to live, you know, in just Tuscany overlooking the ocean and perfect barrels every day. Or I don't know, whatever your dream is, okay? That's a little bit of mine. That, okay, whatever we might hope for in this life, that treasure we aim after in this life is like goes into exponential form when we talk about it in eternity. And, and just like the energy that we might have for those things here, the Bible, Jesus is saying, have energy for things there. Have energy for those rewards there. Have a vision for those rewards there. You know, th- this world is, is so consumed with chasing after these things. We, we give so much time and energy. Why? So we can get that next holiday, so we can get that next thing, so we can have that whatever. And, and Bible's, Jesus is saying, that energy, that effort, channel it into those things because those things are better than whatever you could imagine here. These things are all going to go. Those things will be with you forever. Amen. So, so there are these rewards. And we'd do well to think about them. We'd do well to aim for them. So what will we be rewarded for at the Bema? Next question. What will actually happen? Why, why will we be rewarded? What for, for what will we be rewarded? Um, there, are, there are four main things, okay? There's probably more, but there's just kind of four things that we've been talking about. Number one is, is your character. You'll be rewarded for the, the Christ-like character that you displayed on earth. There's a reward for that. Every time you bite your tongue and choose to bless rather than curse and choose to love those who are not worthy of it, guess what? You're storing up a reward at the beamer. There'll be a moment where you'll be rewarded for showing that character, for choosing the high road, for choosing not to gossip, for choosing not to you know, get involved in, in, in the way the world treats people, for choosing Christ-likeness, for showing the fruit of the Spirit, God will reward you for that. Um, also, you'll be rewarded for how you stewarded whatever God gave you in this life. And so Sam really preached about that last week. Max alluded to the character part two weeks ago. And... And so everything that we steward, and the question is that we, we have to ask ourselves with stewardship is, are we getting better with managing our time? You know, Psalm 90, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Are we getting better at managing time? Are we getting better at managing our money? Are we getting better at our marriages? Are we getting better at our parenting, at, at looking after the assets that God is giving us? The, the singing voice that God gave you, the mathematical mind that God gave you, whatever God has given to you, are you, how, are you maximizing, are you taking that thing to the next level? Are you making it profit? You know, the, the, we spoke about the parable of the, the, the stewards, you know, the, the stewards last week. And, and the idea is that we take what God has given us and we don't look at like, oh, well, I don't have what he's got and I don't have what he's, she's got and she's got this and that. But we take what God has given us and we, we maximize it, we multiply it. And we see that there's reward for that. Um, and then you will also be rewarded for your calling in terms of 
how faithful were you to live the life that God called you to live? Or did you get to heaven and, and, and say, Lord, this is the life I chose to live? <laughs> um, or will you hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Um, I was, no, it's too long a story. But anyway, the, the faithfulness in our callings is imperative. It's very easy just to choose whatever life you want to choose here on earth. It's very easy just to go, okay, well, I want to be, what's the highest paying again? Okay, there. And I want to live in, what's the most, you know, amazing places to live in the world? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and, And to choose your own life, to choose your own career path, to choose your whatever you feel is good, and, and then say, Lord, bless this. Instead of having a heart of sacrifice that says, Lord, I will go wherever, do whatever. You tell me, Lord, where I live. You tell me where I want to work. And when that job offer comes, that's an increase in pay and a better position. And the Lord says, no, I really need you on the university. I need you here. Because you're bringing peace. You're bringing reconciliations for you. There, there's, there's stuff. I need you here. Will you, will you be able to t- do that? So I'm going to talk more about that next week, okay? Calling. We need to go into that, amen? But also you'll be rewarded according to how you built the kingdom of God. What did you do to build the kingdom of God? Join me in Luke 16. Let's go to Luke 16. If you have a Bible, you need to open it. Let's go to Luke 16. If you've got a phone or whatever, it won't come up this morning. So I need you to... You don't have a Bible, sit next to a Christian, joking, sorry. <laughs> um, let's read the, about this. So this is what I want to talk about now. I just want to focus in on this, building the kingdom of God. Everybody there? Great. All right. Verse 1 to 10 is what we're going to read. And Lord, we pray as we, as we just open this passage, Lord, that just give us fresh eyes to see it. Lord, we, this is not about just getting information this morning. This is about revelation. And Lord, please take, we, we give you this moment, Lord. Help us, Jesus, to think more about eternity. Help us to become eternity-driven, eternity-minded, Lord. Lord, may this passage open up to us in new ways and feed us and nourish us and and may it even correct us, Lord, chasten us, help us to live, live what you've called us to live this side. Amen. Verse 1, he said to his disciples, <clears throat> there was a certain rich man who had a steward and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be my steward. Then the steward sits within himself, what shall I do? My master is taking the stewardship away from me. My job is gone. I can't dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I've resolved what to do. That when I'm, I've resolved, Uh there's like a light bulb moment here. When I am put out of the stewardship, sorry. I have resolved what to do, that when I'm put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, 
how much do you owe the master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said, take your bill, sit down quickly, write out 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill, write out 80. So the master, this is when the parable gets a little confusing. So then the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourself by, by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He is faithful as what is least, is also faithful in much, and he is also unjust in what is least, will also be unjust in what is much. Lord, help us this morning. Amen. How many of you read this parable and wondered, like, what is going on here? Jesus, you know, you, you know, what are you going after? Well, <clears throat> let me shed some light on this parable because it's really, it's beautiful. There's layers in here, what Jesus was trying to teach us. You know, sometimes Jesus taught in parables because he's looking for something from us. He's looking for our attention. And, he's, and, he, and he makes it challenging because he wants us to press into him. So whenever you read the Bible and you're seeing something that you don't understand, just remember it's an invitation to press in. There's, there's treasure there. Okay? So what we see in this parable is this, is that the rich man is actually like God. And the steward is us. And in the first scene of this parable, what we see is the steward is wasting his master's goods, living and, and this is like us before we meet Christ. This is like us before we even think about eternity. We waste what God has given us. We like, we just live life recklessly, any old how, choosing what we want to do, who we want to be. You know, we just, we just get into relationships because they're available and I'm available and he's attractive and she's attractive. And so we just, we just live like like today, you know, for today, we, we're squandering what God has given us. So this is actually a picture of us before we meet God. All of us are like those, that, that poor steward. We, we're stewarding badly what God has given us, wasting it away. But then the steward hears about this thing called judgment. And he starts to think beyond further in his life. And this is like us when we start to encounter the gospel. This is like when, when we start to hear that there is life after death, that there is heaven, that there is hell, that there is God, that there is a judgment coming, that, that suddenly now the steward starts to reorder his life, okay? And, and this is like us, okay? We, we hear the word of eternity and we start to reorganize the way we live. And what's really interesting in this, in this passage is that the steward doesn't steal money. I mean, if I, I just put yourself in his position and, and follow the words of Jesus. I, if I heard I was losing my job, you know, the, the first thing I would do is try and get money and just like steal money and, and un, unredeemed Wayne, okay? <laughs> unredeemed man, all right? You know, just try, I mean, this is what, imagine, all right? I know it's hard for some of you, okay? Imagine, all right? You, you, you try and like hoard some cash, so that when the job fails, you're gonna be, you're gonna be set up. You know, open a, open a bank account in Switzerland or Mauritius or where, where they're opening bank accounts now. 
Where's? Okay. Some of you are giving away too much information. <laughs> like you know too much. Um, so so you, you put something away, but this guy doesn't do that. What he does, he knows money is not going to save him. What he does is he starts to invest in people. He goes after relationships, after friendships. And what he tries to do is reduce other people's debts with the master. And so what we see here is a picture of, of, of building the kingdom. Is this is what, what we should actually be doing, is that we know there is, there is this place called eternity coming. And so what we should do is invest in people's lives and help them reduce their debts with God. In other words, introduce them to Jesus. Help them settle their accounts with God. And, and what we do is, and, and, and so what, he, what this parable is showing us is that people are what transfer into eternity. So investing in other lives, and in particular in their lives and their relationships with the master, is what will carry reward in eternity. That's what this parable is trying to teach us. So, so whatever we do to help people know God, and experience God, and find forgiveness in God, is what is then translated into eternal dwellings. So when Jesus said, make friends by means of unrighteous mammon, what he's saying is, use whatever resources you have in this life to invest in people getting saved, people getting discipled. That's what he's trying to tell us in this parable. And he contrasts the rich man. And he says, the rich man rewards the, the shrewd manager. For what? For being shrewd. Okay, you, you kind of like don't expect that. But he contrasts this rich manager with God. And, and he's saying God will reward us as Christians for being smart. In other words, using whatever we have now, being wise with our time, being so smart, thinking about eternity carries a great reward. That's what Jesus is trying to tell us here. You know, when I, we had the privilege of having Ian McCormack around here in Durban a while back, the guy who, you know, died and went to hell and heaven and came back, still living today. And I got to chat with him in the car between services. And, um, and I mean, the, the guy... Uh, he, he's pastoring a church in the UK, but he, like he, he doesn't own property. He doesn't own anything. I'm like, well, why not? And he says, you know what, Wayne? I've seen something that side that I'm going after. And I'm living now in such a way that I can maximize all my time. So I said, then why are you leading a church? Why aren't you just doing evangelism? So he says, no, Wayne, the best form of evangelism is to plant churches. He says, because if you just sow the seed and then the enemy comes and steals the seed, you lose your reward. It's better to plant a church so that when you sow the seed, you can then nurture that seed, make it grow up. Then you get a greater reward that side. I was like, wow, this guy is shrewd, man. He's, he's living his whole life with the shrewdness of that side. <laughs> and I was, I was looking at that and saying, this is what Jesus is trying to communicate to us. You know, this is what he's trying to say is that we've got to live in, uh, with a discipline, with a, with a chastity right now. I was just listening to... Bruce Wilkinson tell me tell a story about how he knows of a, a guy who is a multi-millionaire who has chosen to live single and has chosen 
not to live in any form of luxury. And he gives everything away. I mean, okay, he's called for it, okay? But, but, but examples like this, I'm telling you now, that's what's going to be rewarded at the Beamer. That's what that, that, people who do that, okay? Let me tell you something. There is a treasure, there is a reward, there is a riches, there is a crown, there is a whatever, something there that they are, that they are going to get. And, and, we, and I think scripture is saying we would be wise to be shrewd like that. Be wise to do that. Now, let me qualify this. I don't, I don't want, like some of you are martyrs here this morning. You're like, okay, I'm going to sell everything. Iraq, Jesus, you know, let's do it. Afghanistan, I'm ready, Lord, you know. It comes, it comes down to calling as well. But then it also comes down to revelation. Okay? Don't build your life on somebody else's revelation. Okay? Learn from them, but, but go after revelation for your life. So what you do is you say, Lord, how can I best live this side? I don't want to live for this world. I want to live for that world. I'm ready to deny myself, Lord, and live for that. You know, when I went into, when I went into ministry, can I tell you, you know, I was like one of those, I was like Apostle Paul. I was like, Jesus, everything's on the altar. I'm, I'll live on a mattress on the floor. I'm ready. I surrender, <laughs> you know? And, and, and then the, it was amazing how when I got to that place of surrender, how God began to provide for me in this life. And I can say that everything I have in this world is really what God has given to me. I haven't, I haven't gone after it. It's what he's added into my life. And, and I was ready to live with a whole lot less. I have to keep reminding myself that. Okay? I was ready to live with a whole lot less, but he has told me to live with what, what he's given me. Does this make sense to you? And so it's, it's not about having like an abased mind. All right, like where you just like, you just want to whip yourself and I'll have nothing here because I want everything there. You know, it's live according to the revelation and the calling that's on your life. Okay. But for some of us here this morning, you know, this is a comforting word, but for some of us, this is a convicting word. Maybe you haven't started to think like that. Then I'm here this morning to tell you, start thinking like that. Start putting your life on the altar. Start putting your career on the, and then, and then let him affirm you and say, no, this is fine. This is what I've called you for. Um, the Apostle Paul was called by God, you can read this in Acts 9, to suffer many things for, Je- for, the, for Jesus. He was, it was a calling on his life. We don't read his life and then go, okay, now that's the model. That's what we all have to do. You know, we run off to foreign nations and, and try not to get killed, you know. No, it's about calling, and we'll talk more about that next week. Do you get it? I just don't want any confusion out there okay (laughs) so he talks in this parable he talks about the sons of this world and he contrasts it with the sons of light he's talking about unbelievers and believers there and he says the sons of this world are more shrewd than the sons of light and what he was saying is that you know unbelievers in this world are always thinking about maximizing their returns they're always like where can i put my money if you know share prices are dropping Take the money out, put it somewhere else. You know, we, they're always thinking, where's the best place to buy property? They, they put their money there. If this area is going down, take your money out, put it into the... Unbelievers are always thinking about how to maximize their returns this side. And he's contrasting it and saying, this, I wish the sons of light were as shrewd as they were when it comes to eternity. 
That's kind of what he's saying in this passage. I wish they would be like shrewd like that. I wish they would think, what would get me the most that side rather than this side? So, so what we see in this parable is really, it's a, it's a parable about eternity, okay? About eternal life and about rewards in eternity. And, it, and it's trying to say to us that if we, we would be shrewd, we would be super wise to spend our lives making sure people get saved and discipled because that carries a reward that side way more than whatever you could spend for gathering material possessions this side. So you have a choice this morning. You can spend your life chasing material blessings. Can you turn to somebody this morning? Say this. You have a choice. Turn to somebody. Turn to them, look at them in the face and say, hey, you have a choice. You can spend your life getting things here, or you could spend your life making sure people get saved and discipled and make it to heaven. What will you choose? That's the summary of this parable. So, we must understand that there is... Your life, okay, your character, your calling in this world, your stewardship that will get judged at the beamer. But then there's also not, there's, there's, there's other rewards that come for not about you. There's your character, your calling, your stewardship. Then there is what did you do for others to get saved, to make it. What did you do to reduce their debts with God? How did you get them into the kingdom? How did you get them forgiveness? How were you helping them in their walk with God? So there's those rewards, and then there's this reward as well. And the word behind this reward, when I went and looked at all the scriptures, is really the, wo- the, the word sacrifice. Can you say sacrifice? There, this, this one requires sacrifice. Why? Because it's not about you. Because okay, you can work on your character. You can be one of those Christians who say, okay, I'm going to work on my character. Everyone's going to get Jesus. I'm going to work on my calling. God's called me to be a teacher, so I'm going to do this well. I'm going to steward everything right. This is all about me. It's all about me. You get, and you can, you can do all of that, and there will be reward for all of that. But you, can all, but you can get so wrapped up in all of that that you don't do this one. Where you, it's actually about others and their call and their walk and their journey with God. And, and we would be wise to take note of this reward as well. This one requires sacrifice. It requires us to step out of our little bubble and invest it in others. Sacrifice is required. Not a word we like nowadays, hey? Kind of like if you, you go look at... Uh, you know, the best-selling Christian books, they're all about live your best life now. A happier, wealthier you to today. All right? It's all about now. It's all about today. It's all about me. And the Bible is saying, no, 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 there will be a reward for when you start to think about others. In Matthew 19, I want you to see something here. Are we still okay this morning? You're good, still awake. Nudge the person next to you, just check that they're there. Healthy. Convicted or comforted, whatever. Matthew 19. 
Jesus starts talking about rich people making it, it's hard for rich people to get into heaven. Okay, this is what he starts talking about. This is the context. And then I love Peter. I love Peter, man. He's so cool. He says, but we've left everything to follow you, Jesus. What will we get? <laughs> like, you know, is there any reward for all of the sacrifice, for all the shame we're suffering, for everything that we've left, houses, whatever? They, they really did. They left everything to follow Jesus. Their jobs, callings, whatever. And Jesus said to them this. Look at this. Assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of His glory, you who have followed me, every nation Durban, will also sit with the 12 thrones of the 12 tribes of Israel. There's thrones. And everyone who's left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or job or children or whatever, for my name's sake, can you say for my name's sake? shall receive a hundredfold and, ret- and inherit eternal life. So whatever we do for His name's sake. So you see, God has got this purpose. God's purpose is the whole world needs to be saved. My son died for the world, and I've commissioned the church, Christians, to take this gospel to the ends of the earth, make disciples of every nation. That's God's purpose, okay? And when that's His namesake, that's His purpose. And when we orient our lives around that purpose, then we can step into the hundredfold reward that's coming at the Bema. This is exciting, isn't it? There's a, I don't know where you, a hundredfold, hello? That sounds pretty amazing to me. Okay? And then I think Jesus just reassuring Peter's heart here. Listen, you're sacrificing so much for me. Let me tell you something. It's nothing compared to the reward that's coming for you. Nothing. It'll be like a hundred times more than what you've ever given up for me. So the more we orient our lives around evangelism and discipleship, the more you can step into the hundredfold reward. You're going to thank me one day for preaching this. Amen. You're going to be getting your rewards. You're going to be, thank you, thank you, thank you, Wayne. I remember you. I'll share with you. <laughs> share, hey? We're going to share. Um, obvious examples of this reward are obviously like missionaries who've, you know, sold everything, kind of like the disciples, and they've just, they've just gone for Jesus, found tribes that don't know Jesus, evangelized them, discipled them, built churches, that have done good works. Those are the obvious examples. Um, and, but then there's also like less obvious examples. Okay? Because not all of us are called to do that. Most of us are called to live this out right where we are. So I'm gonna, let me just spell it out for you, make it plain for you this morning. If you sacrifice time to pray for others to pray for the lost in our city and on our campuses. What you're doing is you're stepping into this reward. Because why? It's not about you. It's about others. Listen, there's, there's no harvest without prayer, labor in prayer. So when we give ourselves, know this, when you give yourself to praying, when you give that sacrifice of time and you're crying out for souls and you're crying out for your family members to be saved, you're partaking in this reward. When, when you share the gospel with others, 
you're partaking in this reward. Everything you do to help somebody get closer to Jesus, whether you're buying them a book or a CD or you sitting down with them and sharing the gospel with them or inviting them to church, all of that, you're stepping into the reward. When somebody gets saved here in church and you come up and you say, I'm going to walk with you, and you commit to discipling that person into a full relationship with Jesus, you're stepping into that reward. And I'm sharing this this morning to comfort some of you because sometimes we think that it's like you have to go and fulfill this on the other side of the world in, Af- in Afghanistan. You, d- you don't. You can do it right here, right now. So if are you walking with somebody and helping them to know Jesus? If you are, you can smile because you're going to get a hundredfold reward. And those of you who are doing it, you, you should get happy right now because it's not the easiest thing to walk with people. They don't show up for connect group. You have to remind them. They didn't come to church. You have to go find them. Then they've got drama in their life. You have to make an appointment. Go sit down. What's the drama? Tell me what's going on in your life. You know? And sometimes you can walk away thinking, what am I doing? You know? I might as well just, I could just go sit on the beach or something. I could do something that will actually help me in my life. No, what you're doing is something for others who, and helping them. And you will be rewarded for that. Look at this passage here. Matthew 10, 42. Whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. What was Jesus saying? Even the smallest action that you do in the greater picture of my gospel getting into people's hearts, even the smallest thing, you put chairs out, you, you swept the auditorium, you greeted people at the door, you served in refreshments, you, the smallest thing carries a reward in his kingdom. The small, just a cup. I love the way he says, just a cup given in, in his name in, to help the furtherance of the gospel, to make sure that another missionary got saved, that another soul got saved, that, that another campus ministry started, that another church started. Whatever you do for his purpose in the world carries a reward with it, no matter how big and no matter how small. And remember, sometimes we often give attention to the public gift and not the the, the, the one's done in secret. And I'm going to show you now, that's actually how you supersize your reward. Pause. I mentioned it earlier that even choosing to be single <laughs> for his name's sake carries a reward. You know, the Apostle Paul, okay, just hold on. We want you to be married, okay? We want you to be married, Okay. But in Matthew 19, Jesus said this. He said, there are eunuchs from birth, but then there are eunuchs who have chosen to be that way for the sake of the kingdom. So even, let it, let it go as far as your heart can handle this morning, okay? <laughs> that, Jesus was highlighting, and Paul even spoke about this is that, you know, as a single person, you have a great opportunity to sow yourself more into this reward. You have a wonderful opportunity because married people, you're going to look after your spouse and then you've got kids and you've got to get your kids to hockey practice and you've got to, you know, you're driving around and then you're like, okay, and then I've got to get to pray and then I've got to get to connect group. And, you know, it's extra hard. Single people, you've got a little bit more space, a little bit more fire, a little bit more energy, a little bit more 
that you can give. And so if that's you and that's your calling this morning, grace to you, God's blessing upon you, don't complain about the calling and and wish for greener grass on the other side. You will be rewarded for your sacrifice. You will be rewarded. Amen. Amen. Look at the scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 8. I hope you're still with me. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in what? The work of the Lord, knowing why? That your labor is not in vain. Sometimes the work of the Lord can feel like it's in vain. It can feel like, what am I doing with my time? But know that it carries a reward. And therefore, the script, Paul's saying, abound in it. Be steadfast in it. You know, be immovable in it. To have something in your mind that says, this is the most important thing. Who am I winning to Jesus? Who am I help walking with God? That I'm thinking about others getting that side. Be immovable in it. Be steadfast in it. Abound in it. Because it's not in vain. It carries a hundredfold reward. It doesn't talk about hundredfold rewards with character. It doesn't talk about that with stewardship, but it does talk about that in this one. You'll thank me later. <laughs> so let me, let me conclude this word, but it was just how do you supersize your reward? <laughs> you know, when you go to McDonald's, you can supersize your meal and, and all of these things. How do you supersize your reward? Um, firstly, it, it says in Matthew Sorry, in Luke 14, it says, Whenever you throw a party, make sure you throw parties for people who will not repay you, because then your reward will be great. Okay? So whatever you do for the sake of the kingdom, for people especially who cannot repay you in any way, that carries a great reward in God's eyes. So there's motivation for you this morning. Right? And Jesus was saying, you know, go throw parties. Don't throw parties for people who can invite you back. Who does that? <laughs> but that's just how uneternally minded we are. You know, that just shows how we would rather throw parties with people that we get something back. We get fellowship back. We get friendship back. We get, you know, we're going to go around to their house at some point. You know, there's, we do that. We love that, you know. We enjoy that. But he's saying throw parties. In other words, be generous with your time and your energy and your resources, with, especially with those who cannot repay you because there's a great reward attached to that. It also says in Matthew 6 that when you do your rewards in secret, you get a greater reward as well. So do it so that people don't know about it. And then God will reward you. And the way Jesus writes about that in Matthew 6 is kind of like, if people do know about it and they praise you for it, then that's your reward. You don't get anything that side. <laughs> so, so do it for people who can't repay you. Do it in secret and do it unashamedly as well. Unashamedly preach the gospel. That also carries a supersized reward. Um, the scripture reference for that is in Luke 6 verse 22. What happened there? Jesus said this. He said, Blessed are you when men persecute you and revile you and exclude you for my name's sake, because great will be your reward in heaven. If you go look at Acts 4, what you see is the disciples went out preaching Jesus, 
They were then captured by the Pharisees and Sanhedrin. They were flogged and ordered not to preach in Jesus' name. And they came out of the flogging. In those days, there was a real flogging. Okay. They came out of the flogging. You know, I was part of like, you know, corporal discipline, whatever, in schools and something. That's nothing. Okay. Compared to this. They came out of the flogging. The Bible says in Acts 4 that they were rejoicing that they had been counted worthy to suffer reproach for Jesus. Why did they come out going, yes, we got flogged. They were rejoicing. I mean, I can't even imagine this. Why? Because Jesus said in Matthew 6 of the Sermon on the Mount, he said, blessed are you. Great is your reward in heaven when you are persecuted here. And what he was saying is don't go looking for persecution, but rather preach the gospel unashamedly. Rather preach the gospel unashamedly. You know, we so often don't share Jesus with people because we're scared of what they might think of us. Are we the kooky Christians, you know? And so what do we do? We hold back. And if we preach unashamedly, there's a great reward attached to it. I'm done this morning. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I think that's about all we can handle this morning. Nudge somebody and tell them eternity matters. It really does matter. Amen. Um. What what are we doing to build the kingdom? Hey, what are you doing? You know, how can I help you? How can I learn from you? Because no doubt some of you were quite surprised and you found out some interesting information this morning. You didn't know what's going on and you can learn from that. Um, I want to close the service this morning by giving you guys an opportunity to pray for each other. And what I want you to do is pray for each other to to live lives of sacrifice, to live lives where we, we build ourselves around his purpose and his calling, people getting saved, people getting discipled. So I want you to pray for that this morning for each other. But I don't want to close the service without giving anybody here an opportunity to give their life to Christ this morning. If you're here and you haven't yet given your life to Christ, I'm going to ask you to come down here to the front and we're going to pray for you here in the front. And you're going to leave here today knowing that heaven is your home, that your sins are forgiven, and that you can start building for eternity too. So if that's you, I'm going to ask you to be bold. Slip out of your seat, come down to the front, and we're going to have some people here, and we're going to pray for you. Anybody here this morning, you want to come out? Well done, champ. Come on, awesome. Well done, bro. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Even if you need to recommit this morning. Anybody else? Wow. They're very happy for you guys. (laughs) You can see that, hey? Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at iandurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.